Good to be in the house of the Lord again today. Let me tell you what, this is, oh, I'm always glad when you, when you come, time to come into the house of the Lord. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Have your Bibles turned there this morning. We're going to start in verse 1. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as, I, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thy alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall open, reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speech. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I, I count it a privilege, your God, to be able to stand and to be used of you one more time. God, now I pray, Lord, that you would just take my mind and touch it and touch my lips, your God, and just give me the words to say, dear God, that I may help someone in some way, dear God. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Why do we pray? Just pray about it. I know, I know we have all heard this and probably a lot of us have said it. Somebody comes to us and has uh, uh, some type of problem or something that's going on in their life and, or they need an answer for something, and we say, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. See what the Lord says about it. And we, and, but do we, feel, do we really, truly believe in the power of and prayer and, and what it has in our lives and our everyday lives and, and what purpose that it really has? Do we really understand 
exactly what prayer is and exactly how to pray. In many ways, prayer can be um, can feel forced, even uh, futile in light of the unchanging will of the Lord. But what's the point of praying if God already knows what you have need of? Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Matthew 21, 22. In all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. All things, all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive, believing, knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you bow your head to pray and you ask God for something, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. Your needs are going to be met. Somebody else's needs are going to be met. You're going to get closer to him. He is going to show you uh, what you need to know to get closer to him. There's all kinds of prayers that's going to be answered if we believe. Matthew 6, 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him, and can see our hearts plainly. He knows what we need. He knows exactly where our hearts are at. Now then, if we get those two things lined up, if we get lined up with the Lord, we get our heart and life and our heart in the right place, the Lord's living in our heart, and we're praying to Him, whatever we ask will be we will receive. You know I that I know a lot of times I pray for a lot of things. And as I'm praying for them, I ask God to take all doubt out of my mind because there's these thoughts that pop up in the back of my mind as I'm praying for different things. And I ask God to remove those from me because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt it does not matter whatever it is you are asking for, it will happen. But see, there's a problem. Some of us, uh, for the practice of prayer has been coming an unequal exchange of unmet requests. We keep praying for the same thing over and over and over and over. The Bible says pray without ceasing. God never promised you when he was going to give you what you, want, what you want. He never promised he, that he would give it to you just as soon as you answered he said, if you ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. He didn't say when. He just said, you will receive it. So we need to keep praying for it until and, and we, we do receive it. And there's another part of that prayer, another part of that that we will get into. 
Or maybe prayer is much like an emergency number. Uh, I know a lot of people that's like that. Uh, as I've said before, they'll take Jesus and they'll set him up on a shelf and they'll leave him there till, till they need him and they'll go get him and dust him off and they'll pray to him and, and when everything's moved upon and everything's good, they'll take him and put him back up there. But when we are faced with fears or suddenly taken, shaken by suffering and we are, we are quick to ask God for help. I mean, that's the first person we go to when some tragedy strikes. You know, I, I used to sit and watch TV and different things that happens to the presidents and everything. They get in trouble and, and uh, media comes down on them and the people come down on them. The next, you can always bet on it. There's going to be a shot somewhere of him with his Bible under his, in his hand underneath his arm going into the house of God never fails you know we people have got got so anymore that they use they use God more for uh, a character builder and a business builder than they do anything else but we when we get in trouble the first person we call on is God we may not have prayed to him in uh, a month or longer, but we are in trouble all of a sudden. So, who's the first person we talk, we turn to? It's God. And we're, we are looking for Him to resolve our problems and, and get our life back in order, what we think is in order, and not what He thinks is in order. See, there, there's, there's two different, there's two different orders there it's what we think our lives should be and what God knows that he wants our life to be unfortunately in all these situations prayer becomes minimized uh, to a means of nothing more than receiving something of God uh, there's a danger in this perspective because in uh, all its shallow and often shattered view of God's character I do not believe I am alone in saying that in certain seasons, yes, I have, I have approached God with presumption that his goodness was dependent on his answer to my petition. How good is God? Well, wait, let's wait and see exactly how he answers this, this petition I've got in front of him. We've got to remember one thing. When we're praying to God, all right, there's, there's several things that are going on. When we're praying, number one, our, our spirit is making groanings and, and uh, utterances to, to God that we can't understand and we, we, don't even, we don't even realize sometimes. Our spirit knows exactly what we need according to God's will. Then we, then we pray verbally and we... We think that we know what we need and what, our, and what God's will is in our life, so we pray that way. And then God knows exactly what we need. So we need to turn everything over to him and let him guide us and use us and lead us in the way that he needs for us to go. 
the reality of the world condition intensifies. This, this distortion, when we begin to believe the notion that suffering is evidence of his absence, but what if it's not? What if, what if the things that we are going through, God allows us to go through them to better us? What if it's our, our frame of reference that is uh, discouraging our perception of God's power and presence? We read of countless men and women who sought the Lord fervently, pouring out their hearts, uh, getting a hold of the horns of the altar, and crying out to God, and, and spending hours at a time praying. And why has holy intercession lost its wonder in the world today? I believe it's our disenchantment due to the lack of our spiritual awareness. Our spiritual awareness. In Matthew 25, 1 through 5. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Are we sleeping today? Are we waiting on God to do something miraculous for us? And we're not doing anything to receive it. Uh, for at the heart of both our petitions and praises is an invitation to meet with Jesus. Psalms 22 and 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabit the praises of Israel, or inhabit the praises of his people. As children of God, we've been, we've been given full access to heaven, to our Father, to the Son, to everything that we need from heaven. We're given full access if we are a child of God. Prayer is that process by which we abide in him, by which we receive things of him, by which we receive instruction for our lives to get closer to him. You know, if... If my, my wife and I, if when we first got married, if we never spoke a word to each other, our whole marriage, it, it would be one big, huge mess because neither one would know exactly what the other one is doing or thinking or anything else or what they even wanted. Sure, God knows what we want, but listen, he's wanting us to talk to him. You know, fathers... We know when our children are having problems. We know when things are not right in their homes, when they're grown up, or when they're little, when, when something is bothering them, uh, something's going on at school maybe. We know there's something bothering them, but we won't press it because they need to understand that they need to come to you and ask you. We need to humble ourselves. No matter what's going on in our life, we need to humble ourselves and take it to God and give it to him and leave it with him. Four purposes of prayer. Number one, 
Prayer is a place for honest expression. And if you can't kneel down and be honest with God, you are in big trouble. You cannot blame everything that's going on in your life like you do when you're talking to your best friend or your wife. You can't blame everything that's going on in your life on somebody else, the church, somebody in the church, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, whoever, somebody at work. You can't blame everything on them. When you're, when you're kneeled down and you're talking to God, God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows exactly what kind of life you're living. So you cannot lie to him. So you just might as well just go ahead and spill it. Tell it just like it is. And say, God, I messed up. I need help. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Key word there, thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanks, thanksgiving is the one thing that opens the door, opens the channel. You know, when most of us, when we pick up a telephone and it's ringing and we pick it up, what's the first thing we say? Hello. That opens the channel between who you and whoever's on the other end of the line. Well, when we kneel down and we start thanking God for, for whatever, that opens the channel between us and the Lord. That opens that channel up. Then we are able to, to take our petitions to him and let him know our request so that he can move upon them. Psalms 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never... Suffer the righteous to be moved. He shall never, ever suffer the righteous to be moved. When we experience the pain of suffering or the grip of anxiety, the scripture don't tell us to dismiss it. Uh, you know, just don't worry about it. You know, just go on. It'll everything be all right. Everything will work out. I'm, I'm a Christian. God will take care of everything. You know, uh, I go on and do my life and live my life and everything. But rather humble yourselves. Take the time to steal away somewhere away from everybody. Get down on your knees. Sit down in a chair. Sit down on a rock or a stump or whatever. And, and take your petition to the Lord. Thank him for hearing you. Thank him for taking the time to, to listen to you. This is what we need to do. Humble ourselves in every situation. Bring your burdens and requests to God. 
God cares about everything in our life. Listen, when somebody's talking about you, even though you don't know it, God hears it, and he cares about it. That, that upsets him. Whether it's true or not, that's beside the point. When someone talks about you, God hears it, and that upsets him because he loves us. And when you talk about somebody, God hears it, and it upsets God. He cares about our challenges. He cares about everything that's going on in our life. He cares to, about us to the point that the Lord gave his life on Calvary that we might have a better life and have it more abundantly. That's how much he cares. With this renewed purpose, prayer becomes a safe place to pour out our hearts. We go to God, we tell God our problems, we tell God things that we did, we tell God our thoughts, even though he knows all this anyway, but we go to him and we tell him all of these things and we ask him for help. And uh, we ask, start asking God to help uh, our brothers and sisters. We start praying for them. This is what we need to do. And the thing about it is, is when you tell the Lord, nobody else will know about it. Others may know that you need prayer because the Lord will reveal to other people that you need prayer. You need, your, we need help with your burdens, but he will never tell what your burdens are. We see this modeled for us by David throughout Psalms. He wrote countless laments and songs of praise to the Lord, honestly exposing the depth of his emotions before God. God David told God everything. Everything that was going on in his life, everything that he'd done, he, even though God knew it, he still told him, and he asked help with it. God, a prayer invites us to question and cry out to the one who is the nearest and the worthiest of all praise. It's in the presence of God that we fearlessly press into pain, knowing that God hears us, knows our needs, and desires to comfort us with his comfort, goodness. Prayer is a, a position for surrender. In addition to honest communication with our Creator, it, prayer is also a position to surrender, to turn everything over to God. You're in, you're in the part, the point to where that you have become humble. You are to the point to where that you realize that there is no other way through, around, or over your problems, things that's going on in your life. So this is the time when we we get humble before the Lord. We silence our hearts. We humble ourselves to God's sovereign hand. And we hold fast to the promises. The promise that he hears us. The promise that he will meet our needs. And Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane is a, a powerful example of his posture. Matthew 26, 36-39. Then Jesus said, Cometh, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. 
And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Yes, Jesus at this point in time was, was a man. And, and he had all the, the temptations and all the uh, thoughts and all the uh, anxieties and everything that you and I have today. He wanted to be just like us, only his father was the heavenly father. And he wanted to know just exactly what it was like to be us so that when, when, he, when he got to the point he knew, see, he knew when he was born upon this earth, he knew that he was going to die. He knew that. That was one of the reasons that he came to this earth. But now he's getting to the point of where it's actually going to happen. It's, it's, I mean, it's just right around the corner. And his anxiety kicked in, and, and he started getting uh, uh, upset and worried. I don't know exactly what you would call it. But he went and he prayed. And he knew that it was going to happen, but see, he was praying, God, if there's any other way possible, don't let me, have, don't let me go through this. Think of something else that can be done. I don't want to go through this. But in the end, his total submission, his total surrender, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not what I want, God, but what you want. That's what needs to happen. The heart-wrenching resolve is forged by a posture of full surrender to the Father's will. Romans 8, 26 and 29, through 29. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. As we are conformed to Christ, we learn to surrender our will. We understand, we understand that, God, you, Lord, you are in charge. You lead me, you teach me, and help me to turn everything in my life over to you. Our wills is to be holy and loving. Um, you know, with this uh, surrender, 
when we when we turn everything over and surrender it to God, we find out just exactly what true freedom is. We find out just exactly what it is like to be a child of God. We find out just exactly what it is to be happy, joyful, joyous, content. Because when we get to that point, there's only one thing that we really realize. Nothing, nothing is going to happen today that God and I together cannot handle. Prayer is a process of becoming more attuned to God's movement. Just like any intentional relationship, as we take time to be with Jesus, we become more aware of his ways. We become uh, more aware that he's working in and through our lives. And we see the theme throughout several of the New Testament letters. The Apostle Paul often exhorts believers to dedicate themselves to the process of fervent prayer as a way of maintaining communication with the holiest and boldly believing in the movement of God within ordinary life. Paul writes in Ephesians 6.18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Colossians 4.2, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. There's thanksgiving again. Watch and continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. This characterizes the process of life today. To seek the Son, anticipate His goodness with gratitude for what He has done. The process of becoming like Christ hinges upon our Connectedness to him. How are we connected to him? Through prayer. How are we connected to, to Christ and through God? Through belief, through faith, through trust, and through prayer. The constant, the constant vocab the communication between us and the Lord. He is the root of all good fruit and the source of our sanctification. Prayer shapes us prepares us to be more attuned to the melody of mercy and more aware of Christ's work within our hearts. This, is the, this process is what Apostle Paul prayed for in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, and to all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Increasing in knowledge of God, strengthening with all might. 
according to his glorious power, and to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. No, be, be happy. You know, I believe it was Paul, uh, he got, when he got thrown in jail and uh, he, got, he was uh, whipped because he was uh, teaching the gospel of God, he went away rejoicing because he was found worthy to be chastised for carrying, the, for carrying the word, for talking about God. He thought that was one of the greatest things it ever was. If we desire to see God at work in us and through us, we must start with prayer. Start with prayer. An humble heart, an open heart, an open mind, willing to be a vessel, willing to be a servant, willing to be used of God no matter how that he may use you. And more than likely, he will use you in a way that you are not very comfortable with being used. Trust me. Uh, as we pl daily place our eyes on Jesus and seek spiritual wisdom and understanding, we will experience the work of God within our hearts and the world around us. For it is our Father, it is our Father in heaven who qualifies us and equips us. It's not this world, it's not the, the schools and the colleges and all that. It's our, our Father who qualifies us and equips us. He's the one that calls you. He's the one that qualifies you. He's the one that gives you what you need to do the job that he has set in front of you. And I guarantee you, if you will turn everything over to him and you will let, and you will let yourself be used by God, he will give you everything that you need to do the job that he has set before you. Trust me, I know. Because I was one of those people that I did not want to stand up in front of anybody and say anything. Just leave me alone. Set me back over in the corner and don't call on me. You don't even acknowledge I'm even in the room. I'll be fine. God said, nope. That's not what I want you to do. Prayer is a practice of pursuing God's presence. Ultimately, the most sufficient purpose of prayer is the pursuit of being in God's presence. That, if you are a child of God, that is the one thing that you wished that you could live in 100%. That, that blessing that, that just wraps around you like a coat and you know he's there. That's what, we, that's what we long for. You know, I, I went into my room sometimes in the morning and I've knelt down to pray and I start praying and I start thanking God for, for different things. And uh, it's just like somebody walked into the room. The whole atmosphere in that room completely changed. That's what I want to feel all the time, 100% of the time. I mean, every second of every day, I, that's what I want to feel. It don't happen, 
But that's what I that's what I long for. Because a lot of times when the Lord moves in like that, all I can do is cry and thank God. That's all I can do. Uh, I am totally lost of doing anything else. And in moments of stillness and silence, we learn to regulate and realign. Regulate and realign. Realign. We need to we figure out exactly where that we are. We figure out exactly where we need to be, and we figure out how to get there. And the only way we're going to get there is through Christ. One commentator describes the pursuit of God's presence as a unity of life. This unity of life is a heartfelt prayer in, of David in Psalms 27.4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The one thing, that's the one thing David said, I, I desire more than anything. that I will seek after. He said, I, this is the one thing I desire of the Lord and that I will seek after. This is the one thing that I am going after wholeheartedly, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It, it's, it's not just words of spiritual desires. He says, I ask, and I also seek. So David is doing something. You know, if, if we get anything from God, if we get anything from Jesus, we've got to make a move. We've got to have some action within us. We can't just sit down and expect God to give us everything on a silver platter. We've got to move. We've got to act. We've got to do something. Uh, you know, for the... And prayer is one of the keys that gets us started. That's the place where we start at. When we start praying and, and we ask God to uh, show us how that he wants us to go, show us what he wants us to do, and help us to get there, and we really get on fire for the Lord, and we really get a desire, and we really humble ourselves, the Lord will show us exactly what his plan is. He has a plan for each and every one of us. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old, young you are. God has got a plan for your life. Now then, it's up to us to find out just exactly what that plan is and follow that plan. The only way that we can do that is through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Turn your heart and life over to God Get down out, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in God's word daily. In one place in the Bible it says pray without ceasing. So we need to do this daily, continually, talking to the Lord. You know, I, I have come to, to my own conclusion about prayer. I know the Bible, I just read uh, the first of the lesson about the 
the model prayer that Jesus uh, told the disciples to pray. But, you know, I, I think more of prayer along the lines with just getting away from everybody and having a conversation with the Lord. Listen, listening to, speaking, but also listening. Does anybody have anything this morning? Any questions, comments? Thank you all for listening.